the opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients. Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about. If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can count on us, we're the custody queens, yeah, you can count on us, we're the custody queens. Good morning everyone, welcome back to yet another amazing Saturday on Go Country 105. We are your custody queens, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride. And we have a great show planned for you today. Divorce and separation is very difficult, and we have a guest here today that is going to introduce and talk and walk you through this process. Sam, can you introduce her? Sure, Kristen. Thanks. So today on our show, we have Laura Rhodes-Levin. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for coming. Laura is a licensed therapist who specializes in the evaluation and treatment of anxiety, depression, and trauma. She is also the founder of The Missing Piece. Uh, which is a center for anxiety. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Laura? Yeah, you know, um, we have, or I have found over the years that even though I think I'm a good therapist, all the therapists at my center are, are excellent, it takes more than flour to make a cake. So when you're experiencing anxiety, depression, trauma, it's gonna be in your whole body. Even art therapy is gonna express something different. So most of my clients come for an intensive program of nine hours a week where they get brain work, they get massage, they get energy work, movement, therapy, group therapy. It's a total and package deal. It, why, that's where it all is. Yeah. So why only address the, the thinking obsessive part? <laughs> Coming from someone like myself that does deal with bouts of anxiety, I agree with you that it is so much more than just just attacking one part of the therapeutic process. I think what you have is amazing, and I, I think what you're doing for people is really incredible. Thank you. And that, that's honestly why Kristen and I are so excited to have this show and, and this week's episode is this is another layer to the family law arena that Kristen and I are in daily. There's a lot of people that are naturally suffering from a lot of things and so we want to make sure that we bring education to other aspects of family law not just the divorce process yeah and the divorce process or the separation process um, even when you're not married just the separation and moving into the next transition as we often call it that creates a lot of depression and anxiety and if in my experience that if my clients do not get the appropriate medical treatment and the therapeutic advice and consulting that they need it makes it a lot harder of a transition for them, the effect on the kids, and it also makes the attorney's job more difficult too. Yeah, I bet. And you, I mean, you can attest <laughs> that you know emotions are crazy, right? Yeah, and I'm I'm sure you're part of that mental health piece because mm-hmm. people are trusting you to get their lives back on track, make sure that they're taken care of, and their side is is covered, and that is going to provide tremendous comfort, right? All right, so I think before we kind of get into today's episode, we should start off with something maybe a little fun, our CQ book. What do you think, Kristen? All right, let's do it. So um, 
Sam, you want me to start with you, or do you want me to start with Laura, our guest? Well, if you're giving me the option, I'm going to throw Laura under the <laughs> bus, and I'm going to let her start. So for anyone who's listening for the first time, our CQ book is a book of a million questions. Kristen Ooh, is holding the book, and she's going to flip through and pick a random question for Laura to answer. Uh, and then we'll just take turns. All right, Laura. Let me just, you know, fan through a really good All right. Pick. <laughs> All right. What is the most expensive thing you have ever lost? Wow. Um, hope. Wow. That's deep. Yeah, I think, I think you need hope uh, more than anything. I think that if you came into a therapist's office or into an attorney's office and they said, it's probably not gonna work, but uh, I'll do the best I can. That is just, there goes Deflating. everything right out the window. And when you don't have hope, that's actually where depression, depression gets so dangerous. That's where suicidal ideation starts coming in because when you've lost hope, there's no point. And that, that's the biggest cost ever. And, and is there any specific factor or trigger trigger that, that you think leads to the losing of hope? You know, actually anxiety. And I tell people anxiety is a liar that predicts doom. We never think of, oh, well, maybe I won't live, in, for example, in as nice a place, or maybe I won't get to spend as much time with the kids. It's always, I'm going to be homeless. I'll never see my kids again. They'll hate me. Mm -hmm. So when that anxiety is predicting doom, you're going to get depressed about it. Especially if you're not doing anything to counteract that. To, Absolutely. To Absolutely. get some, some help. I, I often say that you, you've got an advocate for the depression and the trauma. Now you have to create a case for the positive, what is going to work, and right. put just as many bricks in that um, case, if you will, as possible to contest the negative. Yeah, and I, I, I can speak for myself, I think Sam might agree with me, is I can be really dramatic sometimes, you know, it, it, it can be a really little thing, and you're right, my anxiety can, can get in my head, and I turn it into this massive volcano, when in reality, if I just face it head on, I deal with it directly, and then once I've dealt with it, I move on to the next. But it's like those four or five days of sleepless nights and thinking about whatever this issue is, I've now turned a, you know, a, what is it, a, a molehill into a mountain or a mountain into a molehill? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got that one. Yeah, everybody knows what I'm saying. <laughs> I see, Sam was so surprised I actually got it right this time. <laughs> Kristen's notorious for not getting those, those analogies right. But I tell that to my clients that it's in our heads that we look at this issue and it is often in our heads so much bigger and so much deeper than it is in reality. It's kind of like when you're waiting for results from the doctor's office. And we think, you know, how many of us have gone to Google and I, for instance, I had a sty recently and I go and I Google the sty and Don't go to Google. I have literally diagnosed myself with stage four, you know, cancer by this, by my sty, you know, and it probably was just sleeping with my makeup on because I was tired the night right. before. But I try to tell my clients, let's, let's tackle one thing at a time. And I promise if you, if you get the therapy that you need to deal with your emotions, because that's. It, that's just a huge battle internally. Let us deal with the other side of it and let's attack each little thing at once. Yeah, and even if it is a big thing, I recently, about two months ago, was biopsied for potential um, breast cancer. 
note to self, don't get a mammogram right after a COVID test, a shot. <laughs> but uh, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to think about this. Right. I went to Tahoe for the weekend and I laughed with my friends and I had a great time and I waited and luckily everything's fine. But even if it's something scary, what's the point in just sitting in it? Right. And I, I think too, for me and, and for a lot of people, I think that it's identifying when you are feeling that way and you're going down the, that negative path where you are somewhat spiraling with your emotions and you need to identify it to help get yourself out of it. Yeah. And I think that kind of comes with age and maturity too because I, I can tell you that even when I've watched my clients grow through the process and myself grow over the years that I feel like I'm much better at identifying mm -hmm. these obstacles now rather than letting my head run wild. But it is you have to identify the issue identify that it's there and then remind yourself that you just have to keep moving forward and and have the tools which are generally provided through treatment and medical you know med medical professionals but those tools will allow you to identify and move forward yeah and i also think it's one of those areas that people want to push under the rug and not talk about and so you can feel very isolated and alone and if you feel isolated and you feel like you're the only person that has these thoughts or feels this way, I think that can kind of go back to the losing of hope because yeah. you just, you feel desperate and, and you don't know how to, how to handle the situation or where to turn. Yeah, and shame. Right. Oh, wow. I, I, I this got deep. Yeah, this I got really deep. I really like it. Is there anything that Sam and I can do as attorneys? I mean, I think that we do a pretty good job of identifying these issues with our clients because a lot of people are in very desperate situations when they come to see us. They're dealing with domestic violence. They're dealing with, you know, losing a spouse or a partner that they've been with for 20 years. You know, now the, the kids' visitation schedule is prohibiting them from seeing their kids every day. It's a lot of often a desperate situation. Is there mm -hmm. anything else other than referring our clients to get therapy and to hiring an LMFT, which is yourself? No, that's it, just therapy, send them to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you can do, if you wanna keep your home, you gotta go to Laura. <laughs> I do have a short list and Laura is on it and we will make sure at the end of this episode that we give all of you listening out there Laura's information. If you happen to be listening to this episode and you want to call and get information about Laura, please call us at one 800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. We'll also have Laura's information on our social feed so that you can get it from there. But uh, we'll make sure we give it to you all. But please make sure everyone is taking care of themselves. This is really, even aside from divorce and separation, this is a year where nobody should be losing hope. Absolutely. And I'm just kidding. Obviously, there's lots more that can be done than therapy. <laughs> right. Um, but therapy, like attorneys, it's not a one-size-fits-all. So it's yeah. important that you do find someone that you like and trust. So important. So important. Trust is the absolute most important thing, I think, in therapy, even more than whatever treatment uh, objectives or, or interventions there are. It's the relationship. All right. Thanks for that, Laura. I'm going to ask Sam a question from our CQ book. Uh -huh. uh, I read one, and I had to I had to skip over it really quick because Sam doesn't know anything about smart devices. So you know, I had to Here skip I had to skip that question because I think she had the iPhone six for like five years. No, I had the first iPhone, and then I had the iPhone four, and now I have the ten. I have my phone until it breaks. I know, but you had the iPhone four until like last year. Right. No, yeah. It still actually can plug in, but the problem I ran into is that the, you know, the, it's the old school chargers. 
And I'd show up and my phone would never be charged because I'm not very responsible with my phone and no one would have the charger. So I finally said, oh, okay, I'll get the 10 at the time and I will have that probably until the 20 comes out, if that's even a thing. I don't even know, what are we on now? for the iPhone? Uh, I don't know, I have the 11 Pro. I don't know if there's something beyond that. I'm sure there yeah. is, so. But, you know, it, it coming from Sam's really good friend, she doesn't answer her cell phone much. She will text <laughs> you, but, you know, you can always call that number, or 1-800 number, if you want to get a consult with her, so. <laughs> All right, Sam, I have a good one for you. Uh-oh. Would you ever strike if you felt your employer wasn't treating you fairly? Oh, what? Say that again? Would you ever strike? Define strike. Go on strike. Oh, like a picket? Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you felt your employer wasn't treating you fairly. Kristen, I would never do that because I wouldn't know what it was like to get treated unfairly. Good answer. <laughs> that was straight from the attorney custody queen, Sam herself. I, uh, I joke with Kristen, actually. I say, if you ever fire me, we have a ton of offices. I, I say, I'll just show up at another one and start working. It'll take her a while to figure it out. <laughs> All right. All right. Sam. No, give me this book. It's your, it's my, your turn. My turn, your turn. My turn to ask you a question. Okay. Where'd you get this book? Our, our production team actually created this book and I don't even know where they got these questions because there's like 6,000 questions in there. That's awesome. It is. It's fun and it's quirky <laughs> and it always keeps us with spontaneous answers because we never know what the questions are going to say. Super. All right, Kristen, I know the answer to this. Are you a lover or a fighter? It depends on the situation, but I think that I, I'm, I'm clearly down um, to fight if I have to. I'm <laughs> mama bear, full force, full effect. Uh, that, I think that that is, I am a mama bear for sure, and that'd probably be the easiest way. But I am a lover. I am a Scorpio. You're a lover. She's a lover. The answer is she's a lover, and she will fight for the people that she loves. That is true. That's I am, the answer. I am fiercely loyal and fiercely protective for the very small village that I have. But most of the time, peace, not peace and love, not, yeah. not fighting. Agreed. All right, so that was fun. Um, I'm going to hand you that back. Okay. I think it's time for our next segment, which is Divorce Wars. So Divorce Wars, for anyone listening for the first time, is a fun little segment that Kristen and I do where we listen to a fictional fact pattern and we analyze how that relates to the law. Yes, and I can't wait for our story today. I am sure it is filled with all kinds (laughs) of interesting facts. So shoot it, ladies. This is Divorce Wars. My ex and I separated before the divorce. We had no children except our dog, who we both loved dearly. I had to go away on a business trip, so she agreed to watch the dog while I had to work for the week. Upon return, I tried calling her to make arrangements to pick up my dog. I called, no answer. I go knock on the door where she lives, no response, not even a bark. Then she avoids me for a week. At this point, I'm just so worried. I just really want my dog back. She finally texts me that she had the dog put down and that if she can't have the dog, neither can I. Um, as Sam and I are both extreme dog lovers, uh, I take much offense to this fact pattern. I don't like this story. I, I don't. And unfortunately, I have had similar uh, fact patterns that I've actually had to deal with in real life. Um, it does happen. People use, just like uh, people use children as a weapon, people use dogs as a weapon because they are often a very special part of 
you know, their ex-partner, ex-spouse's life. But Sam, I'm going to let you start with kind of the analysis. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes without saying that's a restraining order. It's also likely a crime. Um, I don't know how somebody that wasn't the owner of a dog could actually lawfully be putting a dog down. So that's a question I have. Uh, in general, it sounded like the parties in this case weren't actually married. If they were married, there would be a different analysis because we would be talking about potentially pet custody, which is a new area of the law, I believe January 2019. Don't quote me on that. Um, there were some changes to legislation which provide judicial officers the ability to potentially put in temporary orders for dogs based on their best interest. They're still ultimately categorized as property. Uh, even though dogs should not be property, they are little baby humans. I love my dog and I will take every opportunity to shout her out. Um, but yeah, it, circling back to this fact pattern, it's awful. Um, and if you are concerned that something like that could be happening or someone is trying to hold something over you, hopefully you can contact an attorney or law enforcement before something like this happens. Yeah, uh, Sam's dead on, uh, you know, pets are still considered property, and yes, it, especially in Orange County, they make orders regarding visitation and the best interest of dogs fairly often, uh, even the best interest of the medical care of the dog, and who would be the best vet? I mean, this is a pretty common issue that we've been dealing with, um, but for the dog to be stolen and put down, that is clearly uh, falls within the umbrella of abuse and would be... Um, necessary to the it depends if they're not married and the relationship it, it sounds like they had a romantic relationship so the restraining order would be filed in family court but yeah I get some cameras and get that toxic person out of your life that is the number one and yes I would make a police report and go from there because there's there's obviously a lot more questions that we would like to have on a one-on-one -on -one conversation on this but get that toxic person out of your life get a restraining order and move the heck on and, and just to really quick add on to what Kristen was saying, with restraining order, you can get a restraining order potentially against any individual. It just depends. The nature of your relationship is going to determine what court you file. So if you have a relationship with somebody or you're related by the second degree of consanguinity or affinity, you could file a family law court. If you didn't meet those requirements, then you would go to the civil courthouse. So it doesn't mean that you couldn't get a restraining order if you didn't have a particular relationship with someone. It just means you need to know where to file. Yep. Do you have anything to add, Laura, about uh, oh. pets and, and that kind of Honestly, analysis? Honestly, that, that was so scary mm -hmm. when, when, when it took that turn. I, to me, psychologically, that borders, if not completely fits the bill for sociopathic and lacking empathy and my immediate concern would be for this person right. who who could very possibly be in danger themselves absolutely and I think that's the court the way that most judges look at that fact it's unfortunate that the dog was killed um, in that fact pattern but that's the way that the court's gonna look at those facts is clearly somebody is trying to hurt that person clearly that person is in imminent danger or harm based on those facts, mm -hmm, so. Mm -hmm. All right, let's uh, take it to the next. Uh, oh, before we move on, we have to, you know, say our favorite line. All right, and Sam? And we hope they, they live, live happily, happily ever, ever after, after, after divorce. divorce. <laughs> 
All right, so let's get into the show. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on Laura a little bit and ask you some questions. I've I've had quite a few things um, that I've considered wanting to talk to you about on the radio for some time, but I, I think the major thing I want to ask you about is you know divorce and and separations and and the new things that you've seen in light of COVID and in light of the global pandemic that added layer. Um, well. Is in particularly, you know, when I, when I was growing up, the, the the nesting term was was not a thing. Kids were really we were more something that was like had on the side. <laughs> we weren't really thought of as part of the equation. Right. But now with the whole back and forth of dad staying in the house, then mom or mom and mom or dad and dad, whatever the case may be the exposure that people are having and when there's a lot of contention uh, I know one family where the kids just happened to end up at dad's and dad said well you can't see them now because it's COVID and you're in a different area so she didn't see her children for four months because of COVID yeah there was a point uh, at the beginning of COVID where a lot of parents were using COVID as a weapon Mm -hmm. and uh, some situations actually many were justified uh, immune compromised health concerns you know the elderly um, people that were pregnant obviously there were a lot of situations and we didn't know anything about it but I can tell you there was a lot of parents that used COVID as a weapon and the children often went months without seeing the other parent and the courts really have turned that around and taken a pretty hard stance universally I think across the counties to continue and enforce the visitation the visitation continues as ordered and the irony was is the kids got covid there and that's what actually ended it was like okay well <laughs> well now all bets that, are that off that's murphy's law that of course right? they get it there so more generally laura with with separation and divorce you see a lot of people coming to you kind of at that moment when when you're seeing a breakup or you're seeing a separation? Well, interestingly and sadly, oftentimes couples come in when it's really almost too late. And it's it's never too late in certain situations, but people don't come in for therapy until the wheels have come off the bus. And there's so much repair to do. And there's so much heartbreak and hurt and anger. And what I'm always telling my clients is always under anger, 100% of the time is fear. Right. And so there's, you've really pushed buttons in each other, creating such dangerous vulnerabilities and lack of intimacy, mm-hmm. because I consider intimacy to be emotional safety. Right. And once you've lost that intimacy, it can be really hard to repair it. And if they come in after they have separated, there's so much shame, guilt, failure, all these thoughts that you wouldn't say to a friend, you, you say to yourself, right. you know? So it, and I'll tell them, gosh, if, if your little child just went through this or a friend, would you say, wow, you're divorced, you're a failure. You're, you're a complete, you should be ashamed of yourself. Look at all the things you could have done differently. Their first response is, oh my God, I would, I would never say that. Mm-hmm. But they do. They say that to themselves 
all night and all day and that's what they lay in bed ruminating about or it's the the finger pointing the you 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 which then makes you a victim so it's also not healthy helpful yeah and the you 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 happens a lot throughout the divorce process too and that's where sam and i try to really educate our clients that take yourself out of the equation mm-hmm. take the other party out of the equation let's come from the self you know the, the child-centered approach of what's best for our kids because they want to you don't do our kids homework you don't clean our kids clothes it's your fault that their assignments late it's your fault they didn't make it to soccer practice and once we can break down those walls either you know with their attorney or through co-parenting or talking parents or whatever they are using as tools to co-parent once we can break through that and we stop the pointing of the fingers i think everybody evolves we try to educate our clients that divorce is not a failure it's an evolution to the next phase of your life beautifully said i like that and i I I feel like it brings up a, a good point from what i see a lot is that most of this is a breakdown in communication and when we see parents separate they can't agree on the color of the sky, but often if we can help them partly by, you know, referring them to receive other services or by telling them what, you know, our experience in the family law realm is, when we can build back up that communication, that's often very productive. Well, I'm so glad you said that because people will come to me and they'll say, we, we just don't communicate. And what I would share with you is they can communicate. if. If, if you say, pass me this cup of coffee, that person can pass it to you. What they've lost is the ability, as I said before, for emotional safety. Mm-hmm. So they don't communicate because they're afraid to say or make a request for fear of some sort of retaliation. Which gets exemplified in the family law realm. Yes. Because you're so nervous that saying one thing could have an effect on you negatively in court. Mm-hmm. And so really it's about reestablishing some sort of emotional safety so that arrangements can be made and you can put aside your stuff for the kids. And when people are coming into your office, do you have, I'm sure you've been doing this a long time. Um, oh God, can you see the gray that <laughs> well? <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just about, kidding. You, you speak from such a place of experience and knowledge, but I always tell people that if you go into therapy, and I love I love it when I'm having a conversation with someone, I, anyone, and they said, well, my therapist says I'm doing great. My therapist says that I'm evolving, and my therapist says that you know I don't even have anything to work on. And I'm looking at this person going, what did you tell the therapist? Because just like us as an attorney, if you don't tell us all of the facts, then we can get blindsided in court. We can't protect you. We can't do our job as attorneys in the best way possible. That's a good point. But if you go to if you go to therapy and you don't truly tell the therapist your concerns, your weaknesses, uh, your vulnerabilities, you can't really get the treatment that you need. Is that something that you come across? That people are ashamed to tell you, you know, their vices or things they deal with, their thoughts? Yeah, and 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 that's really what we were speaking about earlier is really trusting your therapist Mm -hmm. you know it's really got to be somebody and I tell my clients it's it's an honor to work with people I don't take the journey lightly because you're really bearing your soul I mean that that is the idea and so your job as a therapist is building that bond and breaking down those defenses so Laura if our listeners are trying to get a hold of you how do they do that 
Well, and thank you guys too for what you do because you're you're helping people every day, and that's it's so important. Um, so if you want to reach me or any of my beautiful team, we are at the Missing Peace Center for Anxiety in Agora Hills, which is in LA County actually. And you can go to our website, which is Missing Peace, but that's peace like peace of mind, P-E-A-C-E, the number four, anxiety.com. So that's Missing Peace for anxiety.com. And um, if you do reach out, I hope we can help. And we'll make sure that we have all of Laura's information on our social feeds as well. Thank you for joining us this Saturday. It was a pleasure to spend your Saturday sunny morning with all of you <laughs> lovely men and women. We love having you as part of our Go Country family. And remember, if you guys have any questions or need a consultation for family law, feel free to call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. And make sure you check our social media for our giveaways. And we'll see everyone next Saturday. And remember, let love rule. Thought it was love, had kids in between. You can count on us, we're the custody queens. Yeah, you can count on us, we're the custody queens. The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.